This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bioptimizers and their new Magnesium Breakthrough. Learn more at www.magbreakthrough.com slash nomeat. That's M-A-G breakthrough.com forward slash nomeat and get an additional 10% off from the normal package price with the coupon code nomeat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C. and you're listening to Nomeat Athlete Radio. All right, Matt, so my daughter is at the age where, um, I mean, maybe this is any age, but she's at a point, finally, where she's excited about, like, obstacle courses and things like that, and she builds her own obstacle courses with, where she lays out, like, pillows and yoga blocks and stuff like that, and, like, hops from one to the other. Right. Um, but this weekend, I was, you know, she was like, she's like, Daddy, let's build an obstacle course. So we went outside, and I just got out all the things and it's like trying to really come up with creative obstacle course ideas, put together something that I thought was super cool. And then I don't like it. It's just one of those things where, you know, social media read your mind or whatever. Uh, Jason Fitzgerald posted something about his kids obstacle course and it like blew mine way out of the water. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like all this like stuff that he had actually built and all these things you could hang off of and, the moving conveyor, just... conveyor belt down up the hill you got to run up? <laughs> no moving conveyor belt, but practically. I mean, that's that's like the difference of like my obstacle course that I was super proud of. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it was just kind of like, oh, I got outdone again. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This is, that's interesting. Oh, hang on. I'm, I'm, having, I'm having internet problems, Doug. You still there? Yeah, I, I can hear you. I heard you say that's interesting. Yeah, it's for some reason I'm not. Yours are delayed. All right, I'll try to pick it up and hopefully we'll be fine. I'll try not to stop it. Okay. So that's interesting. First of all, we should mention Jason Fitzgerald, a friend of ours, uh, runs the website strengthrunning.com. Um, but the obstacle course thing, I did that when I was a kid, but my kids never went through that phase. I mean, they do forts and things like that. Uh, but I mean, are you putting on like double dare reruns or something? Where did, where are they getting? <laughs> To learn about no obstacle I- courses. No idea. No idea. Honestly, <laughs> she like uh, she, so she loves to play like she's doing yoga, and she can actually do some yoga. You know, I mean, she's you know, we do or she does yoga with Katie, and sometimes I do yoga with her, and then, you know, like actual yoga moves. But recently, she's just taken all the props and just wanting wanted to like do things on them, balance on them, and stack them up, and like climb over them, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it went from that to something and maybe i called it an obstacle course or something i, I don't actually know uh, where she got this idea but um but she's i mean it's it's almost every day she wants to do wow. some sort of of obstacle course and i was just so excited to build like a real one <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was just not well, good you gotta get uh get some you gotta level up i think you need yeah, to get the green conveyor belt. You need like a giant nose that has green snot in it that you go in and like dig around and get whatever the <laughs> hidden thing is uh-huh you know, maybe so maybe you should do more of American Ninja Warrior, not Double Dare style. It might be a little better uh, uh-huh. investment in time. Well, so I uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't admit this on a podcast listened by listened to by so many people, but um, <laughs> she one of the obstacles was uh, like a balance beam kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I took. Uh, she has like I don't know. Someone gave her a bunch of balls that would go like oh, in a ball pit. This. Love where this is going. <laughs> and so I, I channeled my wipeout, you know, that show Wipeout. Yep. For me, this is American Gladiators, but. Okay, but American fine. Gladiators, sure. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Um, 
and uh, and started like pelting her. I mean, they're like super <laughs> soft, you know, don't hurt it at all. Not even like, not at all, but like pelting her with all these balls. And I was like, okay, go on the balance beam. I'm going to throw these balls at you. And I start like throwing them at her. And she just like stops. She's like, dad, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, no, daddy, don't do that. <laughs> why are you shooting tennis balls at me from a cannon, daddy? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> when I was a kid, we did the, uh, I think it was called the pugil stick. Does that sound like the right word? Where the American with gladiators the, like, would stand, the they'd end, stand up on the like pedestals, the and they would each have that giant Q-tip, mm-hmm. and they would try to knock each other off. Oh, I loved that. We did that with, with huge inflatable crayons, like Crayola-looking crayons, but they were like, <laughs> four feet long, and we just would kill each other with them and try to knock each other off the pedestal. Oh, man. American was, gladiators was, was cool. That was a good... And I think it came back at some point, and then I guess it left again. Uh-huh. Remember like Turbo and Nitro and all the, all the names they had? Uh-huh. That was such a good show. I loved that you- when I found that. You know what came up for me recently uh, on on YouTube randomly was um, like Super international. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. <laughs> international uh, like tag. Oh yeah, I've seen that. World champ competitions, world yeah. champ tag competitions. That thing is intense. Yeah, I know. My son does that. I mean, not not in real life. Does it around our house and. Uh... Yeah, like, I mean, like you and your son play it. Yeah, we've tried it. I've tried it with both kids, and it is exhausting. I mean, if you like, as a grown up, if you try to play tag around mm-hmm. your house, mm-hmm. uh, it's like it's like a, an interval workout. I mean, you just get you just get killed. Yeah, and especially if you're like jumping over the couch and doing all. That yeah, stuff. that that is insane though. I think it, what I know of it is called World Chase, mm. and uh, maybe that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, but it's crazy. I mean, like you could easily hurt yourself doing that oh yeah <laughs> i mean so easily with the bars things they swing on uh-huh. and go over yeah yeah catch your neck i i don't know it's entertaining though i mean i spent oh, a good yeah. 20 minutes watching people, people play tag <laughs> <laughs> which again i'm not super excited to uh admit to either but if you haven't watched it you should definitely youtube that it's it's hilarious yes agreed all right doug well on to more serious matters um one of which is that today it is launch day for us. We're launching a new product today. It's big day. Big, a whole yeah. new product. Not even, not, I mean, something totally different. Right. Whole new company. Not even called Nomad Athlete. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, we've, we've talked about it a little bit. If you paid attention to the podcast and or our email, then you know in the past like two months, we've been talking a whole lot about uh, fueling for workouts. That is no coincidence. We've mentioned a few times that we've got some coming and we finally do. Um what, I mean, I think we'll just mention it in the context of everything else we're talking about. Uh, the problem that we have had all these years, and I, we've alluded to it as well in these episodes, is that there's never really been like the the healthy food that you feel good about eating that's also made for fueling uh, workouts or races. Thing, that, you know, where it's optimized in in sense of being digestible, not being too high in fiber, packing some electrolytes along with, of course, the sugar. Um, <clears throat> But it's not, you know, there's never been that in whole food form. So we have tried to replicate that. A lot of athletes have tried different things, right? Datorade and uh, just j- <laughs> dates in general, uh, bananas, bringing fruit with you. Right? Then there's all these different things you can do. Um, none of them has ever been like quite as good as you want it to be. So a lot of people still end up resorting to gels uh, and sports drinks and all these other things, which is fine. Like they, they have their purpose on race day. They still might be your, your go-to thing. Um, but... We wanted to make something that was like an everyday training kind of food that that you feel good about, and that really that was made out of whole foods. That was the that was the big catch that it seemed like you could never do. Um, but anyway, we finally did it. I'm I'm thrilled that we did it. We partnered with Izzy Fisher, who was on a podcast episode like 
probably about two months ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go listen to that one if you want to hear her story of how she got into this and the, the different uh, nutrition challenges that she faced as a competitive triathlete. And uh, anyway, so this is her sort of uh, her brainchild, I guess you would call it. And we took it to the Nomad Athlete audience, uh, pulled out a group of like 2,000 people who were you know really into this topic, filled out some surveys for us, answered questions, helped us know what they would want and wouldn't want, uh, and then developed it over the course of this summer. Um, which we've done this how we launched compliment compliment protein it's kind of how we how we get things out there now which is a really great way because we get to make exactly what we know people will want um and so you know they had their chance to get it and now finally today we are launching it to the whole audience it's called plant bites it's at plantbites.com and uh there are some really super deals up there for a week they expire on september 9th wednesday that'd be the last day for those so head over there uh if you're interested and if not, you can probably tune out because we're going to keep talking about uh, workout nutrition now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I think we should uh, we should talk a, a little bit deeper about the problem and then um, and then talk about why this is different than just carrying a banana. Yes. Let's do that, Doug. Okay. <laughs> so I just talked for a long time. Why don't you talk about the problem a little bit? All right. Well, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll talk about the problem. You know, anyone who has has long listened to this episode or this podcast has uh, knows that. I use gels during long runs and and races. Um, right. And you pick I, a I, natural type of gel, right? You get as you get as real as you can with gels. Yep, that's right. I usually t- stick with Spring Energy now, or um, or uh, Muir Energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, but that's been a transformation, right? Because uh, five years ago there wasn't anything like that. It was just like Goo and Cliff. And, um, and then like Huma came on and I started using Huma, which has like chia seeds in it and a little bit more natural. And then spring energy came around and it was a little bit better and mirror was a little bit better, but, but still, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about foods that are highly processed. We're talking about, um, you know, foods that are not all that easily digestible and more importantly, most importantly for me, uh, gels that are really hard to consume after long runs. I mean, I, you know, I think I've, I've built an iron stomach and I've built a strong will to just like force these things down. Mm-hmm. But there's, I mean, you know, I'm what, uh, nine years into running marathons or something, 10 years, 11. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how long have we, yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10 or 11 years. And, um, yeah. uh, and, and I still have trouble with it, like especially during a race or something like that. When you're working hard and you're breathing heavy, it's just hard to to take these things and and just force them down. And um, and I don't have the digestive issues that some people do, but a lot of pe- they cause a lot of digestive issues for for a lot of runners and or, or in cyclists and et cetera. And, and and so that all that processed junk, when you wouldn't eat that stuff normally, and you're forcing it down just for this race, it's just your body kind of reacts negatively to it maybe the taste maybe the ingredients and um and it can be a problem on race day yeah so i i actually never i mean i tried to get into gels and for i think maybe my first two marathons i ate gels during them and then i got to the point where i just couldn't anymore if my memory serves i may have been experimenting randomly i know once i got into ultra running i would i got the uh at starbucks they would sell like I think it was called Peter Rabbit Organic. I don't know if they're still around. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they would sell like kids' food. It was applesauce that yeah. was in a gel pack, basically. Um, 
So I was trying that stuff. But, you know, I just, I, ne- I don't know, the texture never really worked for me. I think that was the real problem for me. Like, I, the taste was gross, of course, of, not of applesauce, but of the the actual gels back in the old days. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, like, surprisingly, really like, those original brands have not changed hardly at all. They've come out with that, new that flavors, but, like. Yeah, it's funny, though, because, like, even the new flavors, although they are better and, like, I guess more interesting, they still have that really strange I don't know, cloyingly sweet mm-hmm. flavor, which I guess if, if it's pure sugar that you're taking in, then that's that's usually what happens. So yeah. not not surprising. Um, but anyway, I just I just never really went down that road. So the road that I went was not the one you're describing, which is like forcing down the gels and having problems, but the one of like, uh, and it was also motivated by I don't want to be eating gels all the time, and I want to eat the same stuff that I'm going to eat on race day. Therefore, my only option is fuel race day and my training mm-hmm with regular foods so i would bring bananas i would park the car in some place where i could refill and grab bananas or the potatoes i had boiled or whatever i had for that day that was my food um it was never like something that i could actually bring with me that was the problem and that and that is a problem with running you with running when you unless you're carrying a pack full of food which i did um you know you have to stop and and refill eventually for your longest runs um but it's a, more of a problem when when your food is is large and has lots of water in it, like you know a banana. Um, so anyway, so that that was that was my version of the problem. And so like what I did was always felt like kind of a lazy approach. It worked. It was good enough, but it didn't really serve me for long runs. I've mentioned I've mentioned many times at the time I did a twelve hour race and I was training for my hundred and I thought for this hundred I'm gonna try to eat only dates. Like I, I was naive and didn't know. And I heard that Michael Arnstein did things like that. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna try that, and I made I made it I think 20 miles into this 12 hour race, only eating dates. I think it was like three an hour, and I just I don't know. After 15 miles, I just I just could not imagine eating another date, and I kept doing it, and I really haven't eaten many since then because it was one of those like bad experience things. I didn't throw up or anything, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it just didn't work. It was just, it was just too much of that that flavor. That's really really sugary sweet flavor. Um, which a lot of people have, right? You, like t- taking in sugars eventually after around 20 miles, people get really tired of sugars. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when they switch to pretzels and whatever else, uh, the things that have the salt in them. So anyway, you know, that that's where the dissatisfaction, the frustration has been. And uh, yeah, it feels good. It feels like we have a, have a great solution to this. And it's, it's something that uh, works well, not just while you were running, but also around workouts and even works as a snack. Uh, I guess it would be expensive as a snack if you were going to have your you know, family eating this as snacks because uh, it's really designed to be sports fuel. But uh, man, everybody's kids on the team are eating a ton of them. I know. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's fine. Like I feel good about it. It's, it's kind of like Lara bars as far as what's in them. And probably they're healthier than Lara bars because the Lara bars that my kids have moved on to are now like the uh, cookie dough flavor and <laughs> the one that tastes like a peanut butter cup basically. So like it's not just it's not just dates and cashews like it used to be. So I don't feel quite as good about that. Um, so anyway, they they work as a snack and they work as like a pre and after workout food as well. Which I know you want to talk about today more of the uh, just not related to plant based so much, but but how how actual meals change around mm-hmm. workouts. Well, I, before we move to that, um, I, you know one one kind of cool thing about this. So you you know we were just talking about long runs and races and in, in the context of like growing tired of sugars after a certain after twenty miles from like that. But you know one one big solution that uh, I think we've solved with plant bites is and a big problem that I've always had is you know same going out for two hours. You know that's that is not enough time where I need to where I want to 
carry a gel and take a gel, right? It's just not that, that long to be out there. And, you know, you know, yeah. to think about like forcing or like taking a gel that's a natural and all that stuff, you know, just doesn't seem right. right. Um, and, or even an hour, you know, uh, if you're going after work or something like that and you just want to go out, you need a little snack, you want something that is, that will prime you well for the run, like we talked about in the last episode or two episodes ago. Um, but you don't want to take a gel, you don't want to take gummies, you don't want to take something like that. This is a good solution for that because it is, it's just fruit. You know, it's just a fruit, but it's, uh, it's not just a banana, it's not just a date. It's been formulated to, to be perfect for, for your workout. Yep. And, uh, we should mention each flavor. By the way, the flavors are fig and triple berry, mango and banana, cherry date. Uh, each of those incorporates one, like, kind of superfoody ingredient, um, but always one that like is a legit actual good food for helping you, especially with endurance, but often with recovery or anti-inflammation. Um, for example, the cherries in the date and cherry one, um, are great for that. Turmeric is in mango banana and the, uh, the triple berry one has beetroot in it, which is of course is an endurance aid. Uh, so anyway, it, it, I, I really, really like the way that we have managed to get, uh, you know, whole food superfoods into, uh, a, an already whole food product. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's, uh. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. I feel like this is we have made a, a fantastic product, so I hope people are are curious enough to check it out. Eleven or this this fall will be eleven years. Two thousand nine. Since your first marathon? marathon? Yeah, Baltimore Marathon two thousand nine. So that that's in like October, isn't it? I think that's right. It's fall. Yeah. Because that's when that my Boston qualifying marathon was October. 8th or something or 7th or something like that of that same year so we ran your first marathon and my bq race were that close i guess so and and i had run i just didn't realize that you got into the marathon that much later than i did when you when i got into nomad athlete you were because that first time i saw you which is you know maybe like six months after i'd gotten into nomad athlete you mm-hmm. uh I saw you at the Veg Fest. You were training for your first 50 miler. So that would have come after your BQ, right? Yeah, 50 miles after the BQ. Mm hmm. Yeah, okay. So you got into a Nomad Athlete, then ran a marathon? No, no, ran a marathon, then got, got into a Nomad Athlete. Oh, right after. Okay. Uh huh. So you weren't around for the BQ journey. I guess you've not. Only heard it. You've only gotten to relive it. Over and over and over. Over and over and over. So the last 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. That is funny. (laughs) I think think we we learned that your wife, Erin, ran maybe the half marathon that same year that I ran the marathon. Ah. I don't know why I remember that, but I remember that from something. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I think I... Yeah, I don't know. I think I was on like their six mile relay thing that year, maybe. Where I mean, it was a team relay and everyone's doing six miles or hmm. seven. Or something like that. I don't know. Who knows? So Too we were out there. Maybe we maybe we passed each other. Maybe you uh, <laughs> maybe. maybe you just chuckled at me as I was falling apart around mile twenty. Well, we know we crossed paths many times in Harrisonburg for four years. We overlapped there. Oh yeah, Harrisonburg, yeah Virginia. Probably. I was here in college. Uh-huh. You there? Uh, you may have come and seen my band play. Did you ever go to uh, Main Street Bar and Grill? When you well, were yeah, eighteen yet? I, yeah, I wasn't eighteen yet. They only had under eighteen days. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't play that one. I don't think. Okay. <laughs> Your band, anyway. Bain Street Bar and Grill. I didn't realize that. Yeah, That's we funny. we that was like our big thing. We opened up for a band called Lake Trout there, who had opened for uh, 
I don't know, Dave Matthews or somebody, somebody huge. I forget. But that was like our closest we ever got to anything remotely resembling fame. <laughs> that we had opened for a band who opened for a good band. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. I didn't realize your band actually played out. Yeah, yeah, we played a lot. Uh-huh. Cool. Anyway, good time. <laughs> you know what? We're also on the, the uh, radio station. If you ever listened to XJM when you oh, were... Oh, yeah, always. You may have heard me there. We had a little live show on there one time. Oh, there's what a real possibility I, I heard you on there. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I listened, that was my go-to station, so that's hilarious. It was good. Yeah. They, um, All right. That is unrelated to this topic. <laughs> it is unrelated. Completely. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. People, let's talk about people, food. You people are about... either really digging this, this, uh, this episode or hating it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want to talk about food and how meals change when you're in the, in the throes of training. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about that. Because for me, they haven't changed that much. I mean, sorry, they haven't. They didn't change that much. The the major change that I noticed, of course, was that I was eating more food. Um, I found I found that I tend to make better choices during training. It could be like a psychological thing, like you know, you're feeling good, you're you're good. You don't want to put the junk in your body, um, even if it's sort of a subconscious choice of the healthy foods, or not, or conscious. Um, mm-hmm. But I just always found myself gravitating towards healthier foods and I just it just fit this story this picture that I was training for 100 mile or training for 50 or whatever and I would bring home from the grocery store you know loads of bulk nuts and seeds and fruits and vegetables and all these things that weren't in a package except for the bag from the from the bulk section or the bag from the produce um so that happened and I would eat lots more of it obviously it's just lots of calories so I would find myself eating those were the days when I would like really if I didn't have a between breakfast and and lunch meal you know, it wouldn't work. I'd be starving. Or between lunch and and dinner, which was usually when my workout would be, uh, there'd always be like two little mini meal things. So like I was eating all kinds of different things, hummus and pitas and vegetables dipped in hummus, a lot of hummus actually, Uh, fruits with peanut butter. I mean, always everything was like designed to pack more calories in than just the normal snacking option. Like instead of an apple, it was an apple with peanut butter. Uh, So anyway, it was just lots of calories, but it wasn't for me. I don't think I really thought much about the macronutrient uh, balance and if that changed, but it sounds like you, you do change that a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I think part of it is natural, right? I mean, we, uh, I know that when I am exercising more and I am feeling healthy, I want to maintain that healthy feeling. And, uh, and so I kind of naturally begin to shift towards cleaner foods and more whole foods and, and more salads and more fresh foods and, and healthier snacks and things like that. I think that I, I do think that there's some sort of psychological spiral that people get into either positive or negative, right? When you're, when you're not feeling good, you just kind of tend towards junkier foods. And when you are feeling good, you tend towards cleaner foods. Do you feel mm-hmm. that way? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, we're all coming out of the COVID spiral now. So, um, yeah. but I, so when I'm, when I'm training, I'm definitely tending or leaning towards these, healthier foods. And, um, but I'm also eating more uh, just because you're burning more calories. And I'm also without a doubt searching for more, more carbs, eating more pastas, eating more rice and bean bowls, mm-hmm. eating more, um, I mean, even like breads and things like that, that I wouldn't maybe eat all that much of typically, you know, I'm just kind of snacking on breads and things like that. And you're like the um, McDougal, eating the McDougal diet. <laughs> yeah, I'm eating the McDougal diet. Well, the starches. Um, 
but that's just kind of it like i find my body craving that stuff you know Mm -hmm. i mean probably for good reason right because that's the kind of fuel that i need and uh, i find myself craving that and so then so that's where i I tend to focus all my uh my food energy my cooking energy so i'm not necessarily making decisions about macronutrient breakdowns as it pertains to you know the the three two three four two to one three to one four to one that we talked about before Um, but i'm just you know just naturally kind of focusing more on carbohydrates. Um, and I think that this is one of those problems that people run into when, when they are training for something and also at the same time trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we hear about this all the time. People maybe try to run their first half marathon and they think that is going to be a good opportunity to lose much weight uh, or to shed a few pounds or something like that. And uh, what they find is that they're eating more. They're eating you know, denser foods. And even if it's cleaner, they might just be eating a lot more calories than they would on a a typical non-training day. And so they end up just replenishing or actually getting more calories than they're burning through their running. And they, instead of losing weight, they're maintaining weight or, or even gaining a little bit of weight. Right. Yeah. I think people, I mean, people who know or who are experienced understand, but so many people don't understand, it seems that that there's this trade-off between really performance and weight loss. Whereas if you're trying, I mean, if you're trying to lose weight, um, it basically it's a counterproductive goal to the goal of running your best race that you possibly can. Because, because if you, if you're creating a deficit in calories, that's good for weight loss. That's bad for training, right? You don't want to have a deficit. You want to be putting back whatever you're burning so that your body can recover and be ready for the next workout. So I think, you know, it, it I think you, it's okay to hope for or expect some weight loss to come uh, as a result of just living the type of lifestyle that involves running races all the time. Um, I just think over time, like your body's going to sort of stabilize and, and maybe it won't be a deficit, but you'll be, you'll be gradually turning fat into muscle. And I think over time, um, you, you'll just see your, even if not reflected in the scale, but you know, you'll, you'll move your body towards a more athletic body. Uh, that's totally consistent and good. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, caloric deficit just doesn't work with, with trying to do anything that is, uh, that is, I don't know what's the word, uh, vigorous or taxing, like a half marathon or beyond. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are really hard to do that ramp up the first time or second time, even, uh, if you've never gotten your mileage up there, your long run mileage up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so man, I mean, you you need to be putting things back in or else you're going to have an injury. So, so I have a question about that, but why don't we pause real quick to thank our sponsor. Okay. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bioptimizers. And today we're gonna be talking all about magnesium. Magnesium is the body's master mineral, powering over 300 critical reactions, including detoxification, fat metabolism, energy, and even digestion is influenced by the presence of magnesium. But there are two big problems. Number one, magnesium is largely missing from U.S. soil since the 1950s, which explains why most of us, or many of us, nearly 80% of the population is deficient. And two, most supplements contain only one or two forms of magnesium, when in reality, there are seven that your body needs and benefits from. But there's good news. When you do get all seven forms of the of magnesium, pretty much every function of your body will be upgraded from your brain health to your sleep to pain and inflammation. It all improves. That's why I'm so excited that our friends over at Bioptimizers, makers of industry-leading digestive supplements, what they've created. Their research team recently formulated magnesium, a magnesium supplement with all seven forms of the mineral. You like magnesium, don't you, Matt? I do like magnesium. I'm constantly experimenting, trying to upgrade my sleep because that is a 
continuous problem in my life, and magnesium is one of the uh, one of the solutions I turn to. Well, the mag breakthrough uh, even includes trace amounts of something called monoatomic magnesium, which helps make all the other forms more bioavailable. So there you go. Check it out. Bioptimizers calls this product Magnesium Breakthrough, and they are running a special promotion just for the No Meat Athlete audience. Go to www.magbreakthrough.com slash no meat. That's M-A-G-breakthrough.com forward slash no meat. And when you do, use the coupon code no meat to save an additional 10% off. All right, Doug, what's your question? So you hear a lot of people talk about race weight, right? Like getting yeah. down to right. a certain weight, uh, you know, for race day with the theory being that if you're, I don't know, a couple of pounds lighter, then you're going to be a couple seconds faster or whatever. Right. Um, you know, so where does, where does eating like general eating and getting enough calories, like, like how can you get down to race? Like how, how do you balance that? Right. I, I, who knows? I mean, the, the hard part thing about that to me is hydration that like, you, you really don't want to be dehydrated at all. Um, and that's going to up your weight on, on race day. This isn't like a, like a boxing match where you weigh in and then, then you can, after that, have time to, to do what your body needs so that you're ready to fight. Um, you know, you're talking about you want to be actually light for the actual, for the actual race itself, which is mm-hmm. the, the real thing, right? If you, if you weigh less, uh, there are tables that will show you how much you can expect to shave off per mile in something like a marathon. Uh, and I'm sure the longer the race, the the more this is a factor. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I always sort of ate a little bit less, I believe, in taper days because I figured I was burning less calories and therefore I should probably eat less, even if my body's not quite used to eating less. Like, we'll still want the other food. Maybe I shouldn't uh, eat so many extras. But then, like, the week of marathon race itself, um, you know, even starting, like like, 48 hours before, I'm starting to think about carbohydrate and just topping off glycogen stores and you know the whole day before i'll have some extra gatorade and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i mean i would have extra gatorade these days i wouldn't drink gatorade i'd find something else like fruit juice or something uh or plant bites <laughs> uh, but anyway i don't know i don't know how that affects race weight i to, to be honest that was never something i paid attention to uh you know trying to tr- trying to in last minute shave pounds so that i'd be faster because to me it just that maybe there are good ways to do that. In fact, I'm sure people have, have studied what is the very best strategy for that. Uh, but I would have been afraid that I would just be messing up some meat because I just didn't race frequently enough to know for sure that if I changed something or ate less or weighed less, if that would kind of negatively affect me somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's never something I've, I've focused on either. But it's, I mean, people talk about it all the time, you know? Yeah. Right. I don't know. Especially, especially like road road runners and stuff like that. Is it usually marathoners who do it, or are they talking about like five Ks and ten? I would say like five and ten Ks, even more than marathons. But I mean, but marathons too. I I don't know. I just like I see people talking about it on Twitter sometimes. I think people just like to say race weight. They just like to feel like they're like a like a pro athlete. That's (laughs) that's that's probably true. (laughs) You know, I would say that for most of us, uh, you're going to find much bigger gains with just focusing on your training and being uh, properly fueled. Um, yes. Then shedding a couple pounds. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I need to get back to my cooking for the freezer strategy because as I mentioned before, we are back to like hundred percent full swing, um, with soccer and things like that. So every single night of the week, there's kid events yeah. and soccer often involves driving to South Carolina, which is super fun. Uh, 
so like three nights a week we just like literally no one can make dinner that night since <laughs> there's not even a dinner uh it's sort of like fend for yourself and figure out what to eat um <laughs> so it's it's not been good we've been packing like veggie wraps and peanut butter sandwiches that we eat which is just it's only gonna last so long so anyway i uh it reminded me that i was like well i need i need a solution i need to figure out a way and this is only related because the soccer has made me start thinking about all this pre and post and during workout nutrition mainly for my son's sake because he's the one who's training all these sessions um but i've started to think about it i'm like man we got to get like more actual dinners in and i remember that strategy which i've the the quarantine kind of like uh what's the word doug uh, made uh made it obsolete because mm-hmm. we didn't need that anymore we didn't need to we, we had all the time in the world <laughs> like we just cooked all day uh <laughs> now it that has suddenly changed so quickly and then i remembered i had this uh this cooking for the freezer that I was so high on, how well it worked at the beginning. I think it was the beginning of 2019. It was like my New Year's thing. Um, and the idea was was making especially bean dishes, but grain dishes as well. And just not putting either like the finishing. Like two nights ago, I made a, a lentil uh, dal, I guess it would be. Lentil curry type thing where it's red lentils. And at the end, you, you saute a bunch of spices. I actually used Miyoko's butter, which is delicious. Um... And you saute all these, this thing, and it's, I think it's called Panch Foran is the name of the seasoning mix that you end up making from these spices. And you pour that on. So that, for the, the freezer version of that, would be just do it without the, the sauteed seasoning mix. And then just when you pull it out of the freezer, you just do that last minute. And then it seems almost like it's a fresh, good meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we stir greens into that or into a soup or something like that. And similarly there, just wouldn't stir the greens in because to me when you when you reheat a soup that or a stew that has a bunch of greens in it somehow that becomes like the grossest part of it they're kind of brown and and just not a good texture so anyway um the point was remove any sort of sensitive or fresh or whatever ingredients from the base and just freeze that base and then just pull it out it takes five or ten minutes to to get it ready for dinner so i need to get back to that um totally unrelated really to work on nutrition but it but it came from work on nutrition that was that was it came from the thing that has prompted all this work on nutrition talk for me um so anyway that is that is just a glimpse into the personal life of of the fraser family <laughs> i'm glad you brought this up uh <laughs> because a glimpse into the, my personal life uh you know we're having a baby in three and a half weeks and um mm-hmm. and we've been talking about how to prepare some food so this is a good good reminder to do stuff like that for our freezer. You're not going to do Vistro or one of those? We are, actually. My my stepmom is going to get us a couple weeks of Vistro, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah? But but we can't yeah, do that Vistro forever. Is good. It's so good. No. Not so good for you, I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> really? I remember being very they were just salty. They were just too good to be good for you, I think. Mm. <laughs> they were good, though. They were delicious. And maybe they have some healthy versions. I don't know. Do you know what is super good and not too good to be good for you? <laughs> what? Plant bites. Plant bites. Yeah, there we go. Plant bites. Good. <laughs> that is actually true. I think they are super good and not too good to be good for you. Um, yeah, as evidenced by the kids. But uh, anyway, I don't know. Anything else, um, Doug, to cover in this strange episode? <laughs> I don't think so. I think uh, not really. Right? Are you? What's yeah. your What's your training situation? Are you training for anything at this point? I'm not training for anything. No, I I am running and I'm cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, cycling at but, home, uh, both I'm going oh, out for some I don't rides. Like cycling on the roads, Doug. I'm not I must advocate <laughs> against that. Everyone I know gets hurt. Uh, so far, so good. No, that's, that's not any kind of logic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing uh, maybe one or two trainer rides a week and probably one or two rides a week. Um, and then one or two or three runs a week. So I, I'm trying to do something every day. Good for you. But, you know, but it's none of them are particularly long, which is interesting. I just haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't, it's part of its time. Uh, you know, I'm just like trying to get out for 45 minutes an hour. Um, but yeah, get trying to get out. I've turned off Strava. I'm not uploading oh, yeah? anything. Yeah. Off of that, huh? Which feels totally freeing. I don't know yeah. why. It feels like, uh, it's been, so this, uh, total tangent again. We're, I'm sorry for all That's the okay. listeners That's okay. That's what this episode is. It, I cannot tell you the last time that I have consistently run without any sort of Garmin or, you know, or watch or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I couldn't tell you it's been, I mean, it's been since probably after that first marathon. Um, and hmm. I have been doing that where I'm going out for like an hour or something, you know, I know rough loops, how long that kind of thing. It's not like I'm just, I'm totally flying blind, but uh, no watch and no, you know, phone or anything like that. And it has been so free. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I definitely have done some of that, but never, never really without a watch. I always had something that would keep the time at least. So I would know roughly how long I'd been out there. Mm-hmm. So I could know when it was going to be done. But like you said, if you know the loops, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, why, so why is it freeing? I'm actually curious about that because I, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I can sense it. My, I tend not to have a whole lot of those activities and you know the social media things just because i think that's i don't know like i feel like eating dinner without taking pictures of your food be, was freeing for me when i stopped doing that it felt like oh my god i could just have normal life not to wait when big... did you do that oh in the early days of the blog yeah early normal athlete days was just like that's what yeah. and I mean, people do that all the time now on instagram and everything mm-hmm. uh but like it's really nice not to have to think about somehow designing your situation to look cooler than it is or look <laughs> better or cleaner or whatever um so yeah. I'm just like, how, how did that impact? Right. So for, for food, that's, that's what the mechanism was like, wow, I don't need to make my whole space look better than it is or make mm-hmm. this look like a more delicious, interesting meal than it is. Uh, you, you just, it is what it is and that's fine. Um, but with running, what, I mean, do people try to uh, make their runs look better than they are? Or are they going more to, oh, to yeah, I'm sure that, uh, oh, hundred percent trying to end a mile, you know, end mm-hmm. a, end a run on a particular mile or. Which is a good I'm, thing, which could be a good thing, right? Yeah, can definitely With be With me thing. adding extra garnish to my food isn't really good for anything. It just, just looks yeah. nicer. Well, and, and, you know, I'm sure, and I've, I've, I don't, I wouldn't say that this was a huge problem for me, but definitely at times I, I will pick up the pace because I don't want people to see how slow I'm going. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, that's, um, that's the freeing part there. If, if the pace is concerning, then suddenly you don't have to do that. Yeah, right. Well, that's okay. So, but the bigger thing is, and, and I don't mean this to sound complaining or anything like that, but like, I, I feel rant? like Double we have rant? been, <laughs> no, no, we've just, we've been really, our household has been very high strung <laughs> recently. <laughs> there's just, there's a lot going on in our house and, um, and the stress levels have just been very high. And so, uh, for whatever reason, like leaving everything, like, like even the watch was like one more thing to like check and, uh-huh. and think about, you know, pacing was just one more thing to like check and pace about. Having my phone with me was one more thing to, you know, sometimes I would feel pressure to like, I don't know, check in on whatever. Mm. And, and, and for whatever reason, just going out and without anything with no expectations on 
a particular workout going well or a certain distance or a certain time with no technology to pull me back in, it's been just very incredibly free. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, I like it. I'm in favor. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I mean, it does make sense. I think that uh, mm-hmm. you need it. Not technology is bad, and we've talked about it a billion times, but mm-hmm. uh, but really, I think those breaks from it are essential <laughs> to mm-hmm. have to just, I think, to be happy and just to feel fulfilled and good. I think there have to be breaks, uh, which actually, I need more breaks. I have, I have way too much screen time these days. Yeah. And, and uh, I think it works really well right now because I have no expectations on training for a race or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, I mean, I, I think I would be more inclined to pull the watch out or, uh, you know, be more strategic in my tracking if, uh, if I was, if I had a race goal in mind, yeah, but sure. right. I, I mean, I have nothing. So, um, yep. it just feels good to do this. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Take it easy on that bike. I don't like the bike. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, that is it. If you stuck with us through this episode, thank you. Not that I think it was terrible, because I, I think there are people who like the tangent, rambly episodes. Um, but anyway, it was a bit of an advertisement, so thank you for, for enduring that. One more time, it is uh, plantbites.com. Again, we are super, super excited about this product, uh, this company, really. Uh, I think this, I mean, we've made a, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with the things that we make, because they do feel like they are really, really important, needed solutions, uh, like complement I'm thinking of mainly. But... Uh, this is this is right up there, and perhaps even even more, at least as far as mainstream interest might go. Uh, I don't know. It, does, it solves a real problem, so I'm very proud to uh, to have my name on this, and uh, I think I think our whole team is. So check it out, Definitely. please. Plantbites.com uh, would appreciate the support. That's right. And you can use a promo code, right? Oh, I forgot about that. that. Promo code NMA20 saves you 20% mm-hmm. off the prices that are on the site, uh, and that's what actually will expire. A week from now, on Wednesday, September 9th. Yep. September, Doug. Should we talk about Can't Believe It's Fall already? Should we do that? <laughs> it's Labor Day weekend this weekend. I know. The unofficial end of summer. I could ask about Beyond Burgers and Impossible, which ones you're going to be doing. Impossible is <laughs> out there in the stores now. We're not going to do that. We don't, need to, we don't need another. I, I think it's coming to Trader Joe's or something. Yeah. Huh. Could be a little, little taste test or something, Doug. I know. We could. <laughs> All right, we'll save that one for another episode. <laughs> That's what we need. We need the Doug and Matt taste test where we just have some burgers, oh. have some beers, keep six be feet apart. Can I get? Can I do a little rant? <laughs> or should we end yeah, it? Yeah, why not? No, why not? Just okay. That's what we're doing. I, I saw an ad for a Beyond Burger, which I was excited that there was a Beyond Burger ad. Mm-hmm. And it was like this, it was like one of those ads where an influencer, you know, was was making a recipe kind of thing i was like oh i wonder what he's gonna do he loaded it with a bunch of real cheese which is fine like you know it wasn't geared towards vegans but whatever and and like loaded it up and it was one of those where the cheese is in the middle and you kind of cut it open and cheese is going out and it just looked like not even just the cheese but the way he cooked it it just didn't look seared it didn't look it just looked really bad and it just seemed like a master disservice to beyond burger to (laughs) <laughs> to do a burger that you cut open and it just looks really gross. <laughs> you're going to say the influencer's name or you're not going to do that? Oh, I don't even know who it was. No, I'm not sure know. who okay. it was. Yeah. But, right. but it, it was like, like Beyond Burger was running this as an ad. It wasn't the influencer running it as an ad, if that makes sense. Like right. Beyond had, 
had taken this video and run it. Anyway, that is. Did I don't, it look I don't gross only to you because you're used to healthy eating and all that? Like in the way that like stuffed crust cheese pizza looks kind of like. God, why would anybody eat that? It's possible, maybe, maybe, maybe a so little, a little snobbery, maybe <laughs> a little beyond snobbery. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, maybe they're. I mean, I'm I'm long past faulting those kind of companies for trying to reach mainstream audiences and putting real cheese on there. I think probably a good thing. Not not for me to be eating real cheese or the people listening to this episode likely not wanting to eat real cheese, but uh, yeah. in terms of people eating less cows, I think probably good that that they do that rather than saying, oh, top it with a plant-based cheese, because that's not going to appeal to the, to the right, you know, right. hardcore person who, who they're trying to get to switch to Beyond Burger, which would be a huge stretch, but maybe they can get them. So maybe that person likes uh, likes seeing a, a big, juicy, disgusting-looking kind of thing. Maybe that's what <laughs> they like. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe, maybe I mean, it must be getting doing working for them. They're, they have enough, uh, enough wisdom, I'm sure, to run ads that are effective, but it turned me off. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah all right well, we talk a whole lot for as much as we say we don't like these companies and what they and they're healthy we talk so much about fake meat <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just become one of those things that we talk about it's yeah anyway all right now we've gone on long enough uh, yeah definitely all right all right <laughs> but thanks everybody thanks. yep thank Bye. you for listening talk to you soon <laughs>